Welcome to the Conversations with Christians Engaged podcast. I'm your host, Bunny Pounds, the president of Christians Engaged. This ministry exists to awaken, motivate, educate, and empower ordinary believers in Jesus Christ to do three things. To pray for our elected officials and our nation regularly. To vote in every election to impact our culture and to engage in some form of civic education or involvement for the well-being of our nation. So thankful, Bunny, for what you do. A lot of people talk the talk, but you really walk the walk. I love it, love it. Love teaming up with you, Bunny. So excited about what you're doing and the people you're reaching. And And I will stand and lock arms with this woman of God, Bunny Pounds, any day of the week. Bunny, you are a new hero of mine. America is worth it. Now is the time. America needs your involvement. Please take our pledge to pray, vote, and engage. Join with a movement of other Christians that are doing these three simple things that can really impact this nation. Join us. Guys, I'm so excited about another conversation with Christians Engage. What an incredible month we've been having talking about cultivating leadership in America. I mean, wow, we've talked to Senator Bob Hall here in Texas about engaging with our elected officials. How do we cultivate real leadership in elected officials? We talked to Howard Partridge about leaders in business. And today we get to talk to Dean Michelle Bachman from Regent University. Hey, Michelle, how are you? Bonnie Pounds, I love being with you. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast today. Well, I am so excited to talk to you about national leadership. And there you are in the seat of academia in Virginia Beach at Regent University after serving years and years in Congress, being running for, for president, Michelle. I mean, you've done so much in your career um, with you and your family, just been so engaged in America. But I want to talk about specifically, we're talking about this month, cultivating leadership in our own life in the lives of our community. We're seeing in our country right now a lack of leadership. We're putting people up on the national stage that probably shouldn't be running sometimes for U.S. Senate or for Congress, but we are, have a lack of a bench of leadership some places because we're not starting at the local level. So let's just get into your story at the beginning. Here you were, the first uh, woman ever elected to Congress, Republican woman out of Minnesota, How did that journey start? You didn't just jump into running for Congress. Talk about what happened in your local community. Yeah, very briefly, it was it was a godly calling for me. My husband and I had been foster parents. Prior to that, I had worked as a tax litigation attorney trying cases in federal tax court. When our fourth baby was born, I stayed home full time. We began taking foster children into our home at the same time. And I saw all this strange curriculum coming home in their backpacks. And my calling was to research why did this happen? I just didn't want to yell at a principal or a teacher. I wanted to figure out what was going on. So I I did about 2,000 hours worth of research into what went wrong in America's curriculum. And then by happenstance, 
I went to my local caucus meeting. My husband took our little girls and went to a wedding. I went to our local caucus meeting where we choose our candidates. That's what Minnesota is, a caucus state. And so I was there and people were saying, look, what happened to our Republican state senator? He votes for tax increases, this terrible education curriculum. He doesn't vote pro-life anymore. And they said, somebody's got to vote, run against him. Somebody has to. And I am I was a mom who hadn't taken a shower that morning. I had an old torn up sweatshirt on and jeans and moccasins. And they were pointing and they said, you, why don't you run against him? And I said, me? Uh, and it, I, li I literally thought, you know, if I ever had any political ambitions in my life, and I didn't at that point, I thought, I could never run again. I, I look like a fool. I mean, just look at me. I, I didn't have a campaign. I, I didn't know what I was doing. But I heard the still small voice of the Holy Spirit, Bunny. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit just asked me a question. And it was this, are you willing to be a fool for me? Wow. And that stopped me in my tracks. And I said, yes, I'm willing to be a fool. And so I put my name in, and the long story short is that I, I ended up running and winning and defeating the longest-sitting Republican senator in the state, and I became a Minnesota state senator. And so that's where my journey began, and then from there went into Congress, and then from there ran for president in 2012. And I was the first Republican woman to run for the presidency um, who actually went into televised debates. I did 15 presidential debates. And to this day, I'm still the only Republican woman who's ever won a presidential contest. And I remember as someone, you know, that was very involved in Republican politics, I worked for a friend of yours, Congressman Jeb Henserling at that time. Yes, thinking, he was my mentor. Yeah, thinking about how incredible that was that you were on the stage, you know, as a woman who loved God and was conservative and was really being a voice to those of us that, you know, carried the same principles that you were. And that was an important moment. I mean, you went up against Mitt Romney there because you saw a void in our national leadership and felt like you could fill it. Um, but that that's where well, we if, if I if I could answer, yeah. that was also funny. A godly calling. I, I didn't have lifetime ambitions to be president of the United States. In fact, I mean, I mean, that's a pretty breathtaking thing. Imagine waking up in the morning and looking in the bathroom mirror and saying, I'm running for president of the United States. I, I, it wasn't something I wanted to do. I tried to persuade another a, a number of members that I knew in Congress to run. They didn't want to do the job. But I, I truly believe that, remember, that was right after socialized medicine, right after Obamacare. And that's why I ran. I knew that we ha had to have a debate. We hadn't had a full debate on the issue of socialized medicine. That's what I wanted to do. Go onto the debate stage and at least have the debate on socialized medicine. I didn't harbor any illusions that I would win the presidency, but I thought we should at least debate it because with all due res respect, Mitt Romney put Obamacare into practice when he was governor in Massachusetts. And so I wanted to make sure we talked about it. So that was my signature issue. And the blessing bunny, I mean, quite honestly, it was a God thing. The blessing is that when I was done with my part in that race, um, all the men that were running, there were seven left, they all adopted my position, which was repeal of Obamacare. 
None of them had that position before because that's what the people wanted. They were persuaded to get rid of socialized medicine. And the Republican Party changed the platform. So for the next three election cycles, we won elections because our party reflected that position of being of repealing Obamacare. So it did make a difference. I think that's why God called me to that race in 12. And I fulfilled what God asked for me. And um, he gets the glory. It, it's so important, Michelle, that we, um, you know, are obedient to what God's called us to yeah. do. And you have seen that and seen the blessing of the Lord in your life because of it. But I know so many Americans are going, you know, there is a void of leadership. I mean, what is happening on the national scale? I mean, if you're looking and you're trying to decide what kind of leadership should we be cultivating for the national stage, what are you looking for as characteristics in someone? Well, what I'm looking for is someone who understands the basics of America. We have a huge group of people who don't even understand the basis of what our nation is. That's why I'm dean of the Regent uh, Graduate School of Government. We are a biblical worldview-based university, and we're focused on teaching this next generation handing the baton, if you will, to the next generation so they know what our government is supposed to be about and how they can serve, whether it's local, state, federal, or even on an international basis. In fact, this fall, we're starting a PhD program with an online PhD in government. My goal is to graduate 100 PhDs who can go out and serve in government and serve in universities and serve in crucial places so that they can take a biblical understanding of government and bring that to bear and truly be Christian leaders that change the world. Because what I saw in Congress, Bunny, I, you know, with all respect to my colleagues, I saw too many who failed to have even a grasp, and maybe through no fault of their own, they just didn't even understand a lot of the constitutional basis of our country, the basic documents of our country, and the limitations on government. Even among Republicans, Bunny, they didn't understand that government leaders are limited in their jurisdiction. And so it's extremely important, and that's what I look for in a national leader who understands. I mean, just, just recently, we saw a federal judge who was questioned by Senator Kennedy of Alabama, and he asked a very simple question. What is in uh, Article 5? What is in Article 2? And this judge couldn't answer. So if you don't understand that Article 2 is about the executive branch and the limitations on that branch, how can you possibly be a federal judge? How can you possibly serve? And so just the basics people need to understand. That's why I'm so excited about your salt and light curriculum and what your agenda is, the godly calling that he has put on you, Bunny, because you're trying to bring knowledge all across the United States. Too many of our schools, unfortunately, are failing, but you're trying to fill in the gap. And I'm very pleased to partner with you in that effort. Well, thank you so much, Dean Bachman. I mean, we're really doing the same thing you're doing on the collegiate level. We're trying to reach out to families and individuals um, yeah. to get into our on-ramp to civic engagement seminar. And the Salt and Light curriculum, I believe, is a game changer as we get people eight hours of information on how to engage county, city, and school board level 
and really to take Jesus out of the building of the church. It's time for Christians to get out of the building. And I know you've lived that day to day. Um, A lot of Christians don't understand the primary process. They don't understand why primaries are so important. But you and I both know how critical it is that we choose godly Uh, leaders and people that really have these qualities that we're looking for in the primaries. Many times the race is in the primaries, really. So we have nothing to complain about if we don't if if we don't vote uh, in the primaries. Can you talk through that process and why that should be on every Christian's radar? That's right. The primary election is the election that determines who the nominee will be of a particular political party. So many districts are automatically Democrat or they're just automatically Republican. They aren't going to switch party, but what they will switch is the individual. And that happens at the primary level. And so if you can get someone who really understands your party platform and who is a fighter who'll do more than just be a bump in a log and cast a vote. They'll actually try to advance the cause and move the ball down the field. Then you've got a champion for what it is that you want to advance and see advance in our country. So the primary is everything because very many, very often the election is decided at the primary level. There are districts where they really are a toss up between Republican and Democrat. They can go back and forth. But the bulk of the districts in this country are either Republican or Democrat. And so that person that we select in the primary races can make all the difference in the world. And the election is won or lost then. So good. And then we get to the general election. We've done our part. We've been Christians that vote in every election, like we push Christians that are taking our pledge to pray, vote, and engage around the country to vote in every election. But then we have to make the hard choices in the general election. Sometimes, you know, we do feel like we're picking between the lesser of two evils. But we still have huge gaps between even people that might not be our perfect candidate, but there's still huge gaps in their belief system. Can you talk about that, how we as believers from a nonpartisan perspective need to pick, um, you know, which leaders we are going to elect in those major races? Well, and I'm sure you've maybe spoken about this in one of your prior podcasts or lectures, but Ronald Reagan famously said, if someone agrees with us 80% of the time, they're our friend and we need to work with them. And that's exactly right. So we can't discount someone, whether they're uh, from a different political party or within our own party. If we can even, if we can agree with them 80% of the time, that's practically unanimous. For instance, Look at what a huge difference it made with Kirsten Cinema, a, sec- a senator from Arizona, and uh, Manchin from West Virginia, who is a senator. And their advocacy made a big difference during a number of issues. And we can be friends with people that we don't necessarily agree with, even on some of the most fundamental issues, if we can find them as allies. And so that's why it's important to do as much as we can to always look for unity. We don't want to blow up bridges. We don't want to light people on fire. We want to, as much as we possibly can, be like-minded recognizing that's not always going to happen. Just There was an example fairly recently where there were two senators that I saw on television, and they were so upset by the Biden 
the documents, the classified documents that were found in his garage and elsewhere. And the Intelligence Committee in the Senate weren't allowed to see what were in those documents. Well, that's pro forma. They're supposed to be able to. So both Democrat and Republican got together on TV and said, this isn't right. We need to know. We serve oversight. We need to know. And that's when you become allies, maybe just on one time, one issue, but you need to advance what it is that you stand for. Well, and then you've got people that just want to vote in a general, you know, a presidential election or for a U.S. senator based on who they want to have a Diet Coke with or a beer with. Right. <laughs> and and that's not what we need to be voting on. We need to be voting on the platforms and the values yeah. and how those most align with our biblical values. Can you speak to that for a minute? Well, that's exactly right. Unfortunately, too, uh, too much of the time we look at style. And, you know, that's where we need to also listen to what the Bible says, that man looks on the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. Well, none of us are God. We can't know the heart, but we can see evidences of the heart. And so you're exactly right. This isn't about who slaps us on the back and schmoozes us. This is really who are they? What do they stand for? Figure that out and vote for the person who most strongly aligns with the biblical values that we read about in scripture, because that's the individual that will do the, mo the most to turn our country toward righteousness and toward an outcome that will bless the United States, not curse us. So good, Dean Bachman. Um, you know, we talk a lot about things in Christians Engage, like how do we encourage and pray for our elected officials across party lines, but how do we hold them accountable as well? And we treat, teach people in our on-ramp to civic engagement how to walk with their members of Congress and their local officials and build relationships with them, right? Yes. And yes. I know you yes. experienced that in Congress to have some yes. deep relationships that you might not have even known until you went into Congress, but those became lasting relationships and friendships that might have even uh, shifted the way you thought about different issues or what. Can you speak to that? How do we encourage our elected officials and build a relationship with them and hold them accountable to what we believe as well? Well, you know, there's a number of prayer meetings and Bible studies behind the scenes at the state and local level, but also at the federal level. I was very happy. I was able to sponsor Wellverse Ministry at the U.S. Capitol, also Capitol Ministries led by Ralph and Danielle Drollinger. There's great ministries going on at every area of government. And I highly encourage local officials to take advantage of that. When you, when you study the Bible together, party affiliation kind of goes by the wayside. You really unify under the banner of the scripture. And so learning about scripture together, but also praying together, there is nothing that unites people or, or lets you understand each other's hearts like prayer does. And the members of Congress that I prayed together ultimately those people that I prayed with became, I became the closest to because we were willing to bear our hearts. As far as holding them accountable, I think one of the greatest things anyone can do is build a relationship with your member of Congress. If they're on the political side of the aisle that you're for, uh, you need to volunteer for their campaign and help them. That kind of earns you um, uh, uh, some time with that, that person. And then from there, you can let them know, you can encourage them how to vote, but you can also come in and let them know 
why you don't like something. So you might be able to get a chance to have some face time with them. Because I, I always used to say there's nothing that politicians fear more than the whites of their constituents' eyes. And it's when they see the people that they represent, a lot of times they can change their mind just because it is intimidating when you have a group of people coming in. And unless you know who you are and what you believe, quite often you'll cave. So it's important for the member to know who they are and know what they believe before they get in. But when they're in, they still need to be educated on the issues when they're there. And so for the people that you are training up, Bunny, they can be conversant on the issues. And then actually they come alongside the member and they can be value added to that member because even their staff doesn't have enough time to know the issues. And so people can come alongside and help to educate a member, not just on the basics of an issue, but also the application of an issue and what that's going to mean back home for a lot of people. A lot of members, they believe the nonsense that is fed to them about, oh yeah, this will be a great bill. Well, a lot of people may suffer because that bill comes through. And then if you can come in and explain that to a member, how it's going to destroy jobs or how it will hurt kids or, you know, something, then that really is a benefit that you're bringing to that member. So good. Yeah, we all have a part to play and whether it's advocacy or whether it's um, campaigning, our heart, as you know, Dean Bachman, is to get every individual Christian that's being awakened in this hour their place on the wall, like Nehemiah. We all have a place. And so as we're looking at our cities, specifically with our salt and light curriculum, how to impact our local communities, we're looking at all of the things, whether it's, you could be the president of your homeowners association. You could be uh, joining your rotary club. You can go to your chamber of commerce. You can be the one that takes uh, notes and blogs about your city council, right? There's so many places when you're counseling someone and they have a burden for America and they don't know what to do, what are some of the questions you might ask them to kind of help them steer them in the right direction? You know, for us, we go, you know, do you have, do you like federal news? Do you follow national news? Do you follow state news? Do you follow your city's news? But trying to get people to realize they can't just look at the whole big picture. They have to find their place. Does that make sense? That's, that's exactly right. If you see a couch behind me, just an hour or so ago, I had a third year law student sitting on my couch. We had a long conversation. I prayed over this student and just encouraged this student to take his place because God has gifted him with his education. Now take his place that God is calling him to do. So, Bunny, as you had said with salt and light, you're speaking to people to whom the Holy Spirit has either already spoken to or will speak to. Yes. And if you don't know what your place is, cry out to the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, Father, what is my place on that wall? What is it that I should do? I had no idea what my place would be when God put a calling on my heart with my foster daughters and their education, and he put this call. I had no idea that I'd spend 2000 hours researching. Well, I could because I had been trained as a lawyer, as a as a litigation lawyer. So I knew how to do that research. Once I got the research, I knew how to analyze it. Once I analyzed it, I went to my pastor and I said, "Could I give a presentation in church?" I gave a presentation in church on what was going wrong with education in Minnesota. And from that, 
that led to me then ultimately speaking all across my state in Minnesota. And we became the only state in the nation that actually overthrew the federal government education criteria for educational standards. No other state did that. We're the most unlikely state to do that. We're incredibly liberal. uh, Tragically, my state is putting into place the worst abortion law in all of America, my state of Minnesota. Well, in that state, that incredibly liberal state, we got rid of this legislation. Why? Because after speaking all across my state in many venues, it wasn't political, it was just information, Democrats, Republicans, independents, apolitical people all said two things. Number one, not with my kid, you don't. And number two, I've got my pitchfork. Where do I sign up? And so we saw a huge movement in my state because people got educated. They valued their children and they weren't going to stand for this garbage that Minnesota was pouring down their kids' throats. This was back in the year 1998 and 2000 when we did this. So God has a calling for everyone. It's not, your calling isn't mine. Mine's yes. completely different. And the question is really, are you willing to say yes to the Lord? And are you willing to walk it out? That the I'm telling you, the most frightening, but actually the greatest decision anyone will ever make, first is to surrender your life to the Lord. But number two, say yes to him. Say yes to whatever God's plan is for your life. And if you ask the Lord, would you give me ears to hear? I want to hear what your Holy Spirit is saying. If you ask, you will receive. And then all you have to do when you hear what God is telling you to do is do it. And when you do it, you won't believe it, how God will take your life and use you to change the world because you are willing to say yes. And it'll be the most exciting ride of your life too. So you won't want to miss it. What doors God opens up for you. I I love that, Dean. Uh, You know, this is the thing is that God is calling people and speaking to him right now, even as they're listening to this. And I believe that you've turned on to a podcast series about cultivating leadership in America because he's actually calling you to lead, right? And so, um, and I know... Michelle, we've partnered with the stream, James Robinson's ministry. Um, we're now the podcast for the stream. And I know there's a lot of people that read the stream that have been educating themselves on all the things happening in the news, but have just not figured out how to how to really engage in it. And we want to call them to engagement. I mean, we want to call them to start working this out in their own individual lives. So as we close right now, would you mind just praying over everybody listening to us? Um, that they will, God will speak to them specifically on what they're supposed to do. And if we can be a part of that, we want to help guide them into where their part on the wall, like Nehemiah is. Amen. And I want to honor James Robeson. I want to honor the stream for what they have done for the body of Christ yes. and, and Bunny for you as well. And for Salt and Light Ministries and for Regent University, where I am today. So Father, we come before you now so humbled. Lord, that you made a way where there was no way so that we could be in your presence. Father, you are exalted on your throne even now. And so, Lord, I thank you. You you tell us, Lord, it is your command that we would be salt and light in our culture. And that's not just talking English-speaking America. It is literally all across the planet. We are to be your hands and your feet. and salt to savor 
our culture, but also to bring your light to this culture. Father, you're the one who does the work. All we are is the vessel. Father, we're the garden hose, if you will. You are the rushing water that comes through that that garden hose. So it isn't us that has to do it. It is your power of salvation that speaks through life into our culture, through our words. Father, your heart is for our government. You gave us an order and a plan. It's all laid out in your scripture. And here in America, we are so blessed because our founders searched your word all through scripture to see what would be the best form of government according to your word. And they laid it out. But they said that even this government, the best that we could come up with, it's not going to work if we don't have um, religion, morality, and virtue. So, Father, I pray for those characteristics in the American people. I pray for faith. I pray for morality. And I pray for values, virtue in the United States. We are bereft of faith and we are bereft, Lord, of the values and the morality that then comes from faith. So, Lord, would you hear this prayer? Would you hear this cry? And for those who are viewing this video, would you speak Holy Spirit? People might be saying, I've never heard the voice of God before. Well, you can now. By faith, ask the Lord to speak to you now. He will. He's not partial. What he does for one, he'll do for all. So, beloved, ask of him. Lord, speak to those people. Give them your holy calling in their life. And, Father, I pray that this joy that you give, this river of joy that you give to every single person, I pray that we will hear magnificent stories come just even from this prayer, oh God, that you will answer so that we will have Christian leaders to change the world. And I ask this now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I know a whole bunch of people are getting empowered right now to go out and change their world. So that's what we've got to do here. We've got to cultivate leadership in our own lives, in our own families, in our churches and communities. And that is how we impact this nation. Thank you so much, Congresswoman or Dean Bachman. And everybody check out Regent University. Check out their School of Government. It is just an amazing program and one of the best for Christian young people around this country. So thank you again, Michelle. Thanks, Bunny. And we have undergrad, master's level, and now a PhD program in government. So look us up, regent.edu. What an incredible conversation with Michelle Bachman. Oh, I just love her. What an inspiration she was for me as a young political activist and consultant um, to get to talk to her uh, about ministry and life and what we're looking for in national leadership was just amazing. I want to refer you to the product that we were talking about on the podcast, our salt and light, how to impact our local communities. This new curriculum is eight hours. It's eight hours of video content. We have discussion questions. We have full PDF notes for you to journal, to take uh, and understand really how you're supposed to impact local government. We want to empower you with the theology of loving your city. Liberty starts local. We, I mean, really, liberty starts local. 
We talk about county government explains, city government explains, school boards and education. I teach a whole hour on how to run a local campaign. I mean, it is a huge hour to impact anybody who wants to potentially run for any city position or school board position in our nation. And then we also teach you how to be uh, go into your homeowners association, your Rotary Club, your Chamber of Commerce, your civic organizations, how to really impact your nation. So check that out, Salt and Light. Go to our classes page at christiansengage.org, christiansengage.org. Go to our classes page and check that out. That curriculum is only $29, guys. That's it for yourself or your family. You can also get small group licenses or church licenses for that curriculum as well. And if you want to, tr- to train and teach people in your community about civic involvement, um, consider being an area leader with Christians Engaged, and we will get you plugged in with curriculum for free. And you can take people through that at your own convenience in your own home. So check out all of that at ChristiansEngage.org, and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us for this incredible podcast. What in the time we've had. We love you so much. We love being in your life. Have you subscribed? Have you shared this with your family and friends? Please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Rumble, wherever you get your audio or video pods. We need your help. This mission is undergirded by individuals just like you that support this ministry monthly, annually, and whenever you think about us to be able to reach over a million Christians in the next two years. That's our goal. We want to empower a million Christians around America to pray, vote, and engage regularly. Will you help us? We're here to do that, and we need your help. I want to say thank you to our partners at The Stream. What an incredible online publication put out by James Robinson and Life Outreach International as we come together across denominational lines as believers to discern what God's saying about the news of the day and to hear from different viewpoints. Check out the stream, make it your homepage, and get on their email list. This product is amazing. Also, our partners at Edify app, put out by Christian Post. This podcast app is a convergence of Bible teachers around America. We're excited to be a part of Edify app check out all their other podcasts. Thank you so much again for caring about this nation. We're here to help you pray, vote, and engage. We'll see you next week.